At $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. Listening to the SNES podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Super NES podcast, episode number 222. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Joe. Hello. Uh, this is Greg, the other coast, and we are honored today to have a special coast with us here today, talking about uh, talking about the ActRaiser games. Um, so before we go into the intro about the games themselves. Uh, I'm going to ask our special guest host here to introduce himself briefly and just talk about anything he wants to talk about himself to set things up and also, uh, and also like they could, sir, also uh, share experiences with us like about your Super NES uh, memories, history, that kind of stuff. All right. Hi, I'm Sean. Um, been a gamer all my life. Started with the NES. Um, the Super Nintendo came out, I think, when I was six years old, so it was a like a big childhood console for me and a lot of my favorite games are on that system. So <laughs> I have a lot to say about it, I think. Cool. Um, so as, as, as you guys system, like pretty early, pretty early at the release then? I think I was maybe eight or nine when I got mine. So ni- 92 or 93. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so I bought mine, uh, uh, Christmas, like Christmas '91, so it was like pretty shortly after the system got released. Okay. So, um, and Joe, uh, and Joe, as, as fellow listeners to the podcast know, was primarily Genesis kid, uh, but he did have some experience with Super yeah. NES because of like friends, uh, friends and whatnot. I didn't own a Super Nintendo until uh, uh, George gifted me one with F Zero, and that was like geez, I remember like that yes, six, yeah. seven years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> so you never played the actor as a game before this podcast, then, correct? No, I played them just for this podcast. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, speaking about, you know, okay. So, okay. So, speaking about the, speaking about the, the long term listeners of the podcast, some people this podcast may know we already covered Activator way back when, like um, uh, uh, during like during the very early days of the podcast, like seventy years ago. But uh, as of some other games we've worked games that we've covered on the podcast, uh, um, you know, the games like Super Star Wars. Um, and Crow Trigger, uh, we decided that perhaps it was that it was okay to go back and revisit this game, especially because of how long it passed, and also because, and also because as we just established, Joe had never played the games before. So yeah. our original intent was only to cover Activision Two, but then we, but, but I'm like, well, it, it, what kind of makes sense to throw the first game in here too as well, because there are because there are similarities between them. Um, and we were, and we were also be talking about uh, the recent remake of Activator, uh, uh, Renaissance as well, uh, toward the end of the podcast. So there's actually in three games in one, like this episode. So, uh, which is why, which is why I also felt it was like very appropriate to bring on a guest host with the podcast to help us to, to help to help us break all down this very meaty material here. So, um, going to be jam packed. Jam packed, hopefully, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, uh, like, so, uh, let me talk about my experiences of Actraiser here a little bit here to set things up. Like, then, but uh, so then I'll ask your, um, as then I'll ask you, Sean, like about your experiences. Uh, Actraiser was a very early Super NES release. 
the game came out uh, originally, it was like originally in Japan in December of 1990, but, but, it did, but it did come out in North America until November of 91. So, and then it got released in Europe several months later, like in March of 93. Actually, Europe's misleading because, from what I, because from what I understand, the game was released in PAL format, but it was only released in, but it wasn't released in, in Europe, like it was released in, like, like released in Australia only. Oh, so as a result, huh. these days, uh, POW Act games are very, are very rare and expensive due to that fact. So, um, that yeah, yeah, that is weird. Well, Europe didn't get a lot of releases that North America got. Their library is really, uh, as small as our library was here compared to Japan, the European library really was, uh, uh, really was even smaller compared to, like, what we had over here. So, um but so yeah, so ActRaiser came out pretty early, pretty early in the system's then in, in the system's history. So there weren't a lot of games available for it. I think that helped because probably a lot of people checked this game out who wouldn't or who wouldn't uh, who wouldn't otherwise have played it um, because the fact it is because the library was so small at like that point still. So um, I got the game several months after like, I was released in like the spring of ninety, uh, um, you know, spring of ninety two or whatever. So, uh, and I fell in love with it like right away. To this day, Act Razor is still is still is still like my, one of my top ten games period of all time because of the, just, just because there's so many things that I love I love about the game and I, and I adore about it and I probably could gush about it for hours here, but. Um, <laughs> The the game the, the game is very unique in the sense that it's a um, um, there really isn't there there really isn't a great term talking about games like this. John and I were like we were discussing this a little bit before um, um, uh, um, uh, a lot um, like off mic. Um, this is uh, there there really there really isn't there really isn't a great term to talk about like you know hybrid games like this like there is for like you know for example like Souls like or Metroidvanias, but but several but several Wikipedia articles of other Hybrid-like games do use the term hybrid games. I guess hybrid games is the best way to describe this. Um, you know, like probably, probably, probably the best example for like modern gamers, so like a hybrid game um, would be the Persona games because those games, the modern ones at least, are also hybrid games between like a traditional Jap- a traditional JRPG, uh, dungeon crawler game, and also like a school simulator. So, um, Act Razor is probably one of the more famous examples, uh, famous examples of a classic hybrid game. There are, um, there are others. Uh, there's there's also a game that there's also a game on like GBA which I really like called like like a like called Sigma Star uh, um, story which is a hybrid uh, GBA game which is a hybrid uh, a space action space shooter game and also like an RPG which is a very which is a very interesting combo so um, Accuracy definitely is one of the more famous hybrid games so it's like it's half it's half a platforming and also half a simulation game so. Um, do you remember, uh, so like Sean, you said you got this game fairly, like fairly early on, uh, uh, I mean, like in the games, uh, like in the, like the system release too, right? Yeah. So, um, I actually didn't own it. I only ever rented it. I, I own it okay. on, on Wii Virtual Console nowadays, but back then I only ever played it as a rental. But, uh, yeah, I remember, uh, so, like looking at the back of the box and I'm I'm sure I was drawn toward the side scrolling action aspect of it and like let's see how I like the simulation part <laughs> just um but yeah once I jumped into it like obviously I I I have a a big love of side scrolling action games um but then I tried the simulation part of it as well and like after fumbling around with it for a bit, I was like, okay, I I get this, and it t- 
ties in with with the side scrolling action really well. Like they, mm-hmm. I, they they blend the two genres together in a very simple but elegant way. In the sense that like in the action stages, you you are in points, and the points determine how big of a population you can make in the simulation stages. And in the in turn, the population is what levels you up and makes you stronger for the action stage. So that back and forth really, I, I think, makes for a, a really good experience. Uh, yeah, I agree totally. It, um, uh, you know, the game dev does a very like good job of blending the like blending two aspects together, like in that like symbiotic, uh, sorry, like symbiotic. That's a hard word to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, relationship between them, and yeah, it, it took me a while to realize as a kid uh, what was going on there with that, because 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 your points you earn that directly that directly affect your population limits, and the game doesn't really explain that to you very well. So it did. So it definitely took me a while a while as a, as a kid playing this game to, re, to realize that's what to realize that's what was going on here. So. Um, let's talk about the developer a little bit here to, to because like, um, uh, because the developer does play kind of like a, um, a kind of big impact upon the game's development and also it's kind of, kind of interesting in and of itself. Uh, the Actraiser, the Actraiser games, like we're developed by a company called Quintet, uh, which was a new company, a, a new company at the time. They were founded in 1989. Actraiser was actually the first game of theirs that they actually made, as a matter of fact, but, uh, but the but the team was not the team was not rookies. Most people to, to most people most people who formed uh, Quintet, including its president uh, Tomiyoshi Damizegasi, uh, were actually veterans from like Falcon, where they'd worked on games like the E series. So even though Quintet was a new company, they had experienced programmers. That's why this game, even though it was the first game of theirs, came out came out as well as it did. Um, they're probably better known. For having done uh, uh, a later on Super NES lifespan, the so-called the so-called Soul Blazer trilogy, uh, where they developed the games uh, Soul Blazer, uh, Illusion of Gaia, and Terradigma, uh, which which unfortunately the last game never came out to North America. That's a European only uh, game. So uh, that there are uh, I was just saying before how the how the Europeans got shafted unfortunately with a bunch of games not released over there. Well, they got a few games that were only unique to their part of the world, and this is Fighter um, uh, uh, was like one of their games for sure. So all three of those games I think are like very good. Illusion of Guy, in fact, was so good that Nintendo themselves published the game here in North America. So, uh, but yeah, so those three games are also like very fun games to play. I think uh, the company. Kind of never officially closed. It's kind of interesting. Um, um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's kind of interesting what happened here, and this also kind of ties into Renaissance as well too, because it's like um, they just apparently just went inactive after a while. Uh, the last game, the last game that they made was released two thousand four. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I did not know this. Into, uh, Flight was doing research. Uh, um, I don't know if either of you guys have played this game either, but I did not realize Quintet also developed uh, a game, um, uh, like an action RPG game for uh, an action RPG game for the PlayStation uh, called Grandstream Saga. Have like, you guys like played that? I've heard of it, Ooh. never played it. It's a good game. Uh, it's very, it's it, it's kind of it's, it's it's kind of clunky ways, but the game, but the um, uh, but the game, but the game, the game is one of the first Western games to use to use Japanese style like um, anime cutscenes, uh, like in the game. So uh, definitely, like definitely got a lot of attention uh, because of that reason. So 
Um, yeah, they developed that game, and I didn't realize that until I was doing my research on this recently. So uh, they also uh, uh, they also they also worked with they also worked with Sega like in making the first like uh, Shibu game as well too. So uh, anyway, like I said, the, the last game the last game came to the last game came on two thousand four. The company the, comp the company just like went quiet after that point at that point and just seems to um, um, and just seems to have simply just shut down. They never they never officially closed. The website, the website was still open. The website was still was still open until two thousand eight, but nobody really knows like what happened to them. Um, and going back talking about like Terranigma, there was a there was a there was a big fan led effort in twenty twenty one to try to see if the rights of the game could be obtained somehow so that Terranigma could like finally get a like finally get released in the West, like many other games. Well, I should say sorry, North America. Because nowadays it's popular for a lot of games that didn't come out in original North America to be released here in this region. So there was a big effort back then to find out if it was possible to do that with that game. Um, but the president, uh, the Tomiyoshi Demizaki, apparently just simply just disappeared. Uh, nobody <sighs> knows this day if he's still alive. Nobody knows where he is. Nobody knows anything like about him. So it's very strange. Uh, and because he was the president, he has some of the rights to the game. So it's like, you know, that's probably, the, so that's kind of like the, uh, the legal gray area where that whole mess falls into. Now, obviously, Renaissance came out that same year. So Square Enix must have some rights to some Quintet games, but we don't exactly know what the story is, like, where that goes. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I didn't even know they were making games as late as 2004. Like, I yeah. only ever yeah. really knew about their Super Nintendo games. Right. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think you're, I think you're not alone for that. Most of the games they are known for did come out on that system. They also released, uh, you know, they also released a couple of Saturn games. They also released a, a Godzilla game, the Dreamcast. Huh. Uh, their last games were Mystic Heroes, the GBA, which was published oh. by Koai in 2002, and also a game called like Yusha, based upon the anime, uh, published by Bandai for the PS2 in 2004. I have played Mystic Heroes for GameCube. Uh, I think it's I think that's the same game. Um, let me let me see about that. Uh, okay, yep. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. The GDA version was published simultaneously like the GameCube version. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I played the uh, GameCube version as well. <laughs> <laughs> I never did, so that's interesting. But um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, interesting issues there. Like so interesting issues there. Like as far as quintet goes. So um, anyway, so um, as we already. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we've already mentioned Quintet. Uh, um, uh, 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 Quintet's first game of the system, like was this game that Enix published. Um, I already was a big fan of simulation games. I've always been a big fan of like simulation games because by this point, I already had played Civilization, SimCity, um, you know, other games for the computer uh, that was that, I mean, that were really, like synth heavy. So um, you know, I think like Sean, the action platformer. Uh, of this game appealed to me at first, but once I both once started playing the game, the simulation part of the game, I also found it. Um, I also found it like very. Uh, uh, um, I also found it like very fun. So, uh, and because it is a simulation game, there is kind of there is kind of a plot involved in this game as well. They did change the plot somewhat for the Western release uh, because to be a, because of the strict censorship that Nintendo had going on at like, the time period, mm -hmm. but because the Japanese version of the game. You're literally playing the Japanese version of the game, but you're literally playing as God. Your main opponent is literally Satan, and the um um uh, there's a lot more heavy heavy religious overtones uh in that version of the game compared to what we got here in the West. But um they just 
But they didn't have to. They didn't. They didn't have to make too many changes graphically as far as as far as the game went. When they prepared it for its U.S. release, they simply just like they simply they simply just like changed the story around and also changed and also changed the translation of the, of the script around uh, to either soften or change those elements to make it more like censorship friendly. Uh, like over here in the West, uh, you're basically playing as the master this time. Um, and basically, the plot just evolves around like you know, there's a big fat, um, there's a big battle, you know, against like the big, the big baddie, the uh, evil boss, like who's known as Tenzra. Uh, and eventually, eventually, the master either lost or was went to a draw with him. It's never, it's never, it's never clarified. And it went to a deep, like deep healing sleep for a long time. And when you wake up, you only have one angel left to assist you, and the whole world's been taken over by evil. The civilization's been destroyed, and your job basically is your job basically is just to use these old statues of yourself to beam your spirit down to the ground, to sanitize the areas, and make and make the areas safe again for people to recolonize and and return to the world. So the game follows a pattern. There's there's six stages, and each and each stage opens up an action stage where you're going through the platform and stuff with the boss at the end. Then the simulation part in the center, like then finally a second action stage uh, to finish that stage, like along with a boss. Uh, the game does give you some freedom to change to, to, to do stages out of order if you want to. Uh, but for first time player, I definitely recommend following the recommended order in the game because as Sean mentioned before, there's a direct relationship between how you do in the action stages uh, to making your character stronger. Um, you know, through the simulation stages, which also carries over to make your guys stronger in action, and so on, and so on. So uh, there definitely is a very relationship, uh, a relationship going on there. So um, Joe, this being your first time playing the game, and since I, w um, you know, since I know your dislike of simulation stuff, I, I was very, uh, I'm very curious to hear what you thought about this game, um, how you thought the two, um, you know, how you thought the two aspects blended blend together, um, and if you were able to tolerate the simulation light uh, parts, like parts of the game. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm just going to read my notes verbatim because I think that's just it's, it's perfect. Um, so first off, uh, calling this a side-scrolling action platformer would be selling the game short. Um, yes. Because yeah. there is that simulation aspect of it. Um, obviously, yes, you're running on a 2D plane. You run from left to right, like all the wonderful things um, that we do in platformers, but, uh, man, this game is a test of patience. Um, recognizing patterns is a big thing, um, mm -hmm. which I will tell you right now, the first time going through, I was trying to Rambo my way through and just <laughs> kind of, you, you know me, I, I run and gun. So, um, no thought just running in, like I would get lucky. I'd kill people and whatnot, but like. Once I got to the boss, um, the the what what do you call it a centaur? Um, he he messed me up so bad. Um, I died probably legit about twenty times uh, before I finally was like, "All right, let me slowly approach this." And I realized there's a pattern, um, and then you know figuring out where you can uh, you know jump over and kind of like get out of the way and then attack him and it's a slow methodical and that's the thing like it's uh it's it's, it's good as a side-scrolling platformer but it's like i said you have to pay attention to the details um and as sean mentioned you know you'd get the bonus of 
you know, if you pay attention and you do well and you kill enemies and you rack up that score, your population is going to grow. So it is an aspect of the game, um, maybe not one that's very well explained, but mm-hmm. um, it's there. Um, <clears throat> I think for the most part, it was a pretty good variety of enemies that you encounter. Uh, for the most part, I did think it was funny that, uh, you know, some of the stuff is like tiny and you're supposed to be God. And I'm just like, <laughs> how are these tiny little things hurting God? But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I also loved that, you know, you start as like a stone statue, lightning strikes it, and uh, then you come to life. It it's, it reminded me so much of, um, oh my God, I, I, I see, I didn't write this in my notes and that's why I can't think of it right now. It's not, um, <laughs> not Golden Axe. It's a Genesis game. That's the whole reason I was going to bring it up. Uh, the one where he's like, rise from your grave. Altered Beast. Oh. There we Altered go. Beast. Altered Beast. Thank you. God, I <laughs> feel so dumb there. But yeah, so like I, I very much like was like, oh, okay. Like I felt some retro vibes seeing that light and strike him and he comes to life. And that side-scrolling beat-em-up style, you know, that's pretty much, yeah. uh, that's my that's my bread and butter. So... Um, yeah, the sim section. <laughs> um, so this isn't Sim City. This is not populous. No. No. This is very light. And I dare I say, technically not even really a sim, but it is. Um, but it's very, very light. Um, so you're an angel, um, and you can blast demons with your little bow and arrow and whatnot. Um, and you have followers and the followers will ask you to, uh, you know, do different things. So you use your divine magic to like strike lightning and it burns bushes and it opens up land so they can build and all that. And, you know, it was a pretty good, I like the aspects that they were bringing into the game where it's kind of like baby's first simulation in all reality, <laughs> because you don't have to do the farming. You don't have to you know, wait till you have supplies. It's all based on that score, the population, and then it's a matter of, uh, you know, directing them to whatever demon layer so that they can essentially uh, fill that hole and help uh, keep the demons out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's This is not going to win Game of the Year for me. Um, <laughs> and you all should know that because... Greg has pointed out numerous times. I'm not a sim guy. Um, so when I do play sim games, I cheat. And I cheat <laughs> so bad it's not even funny. I just don't have patience. <laughs> well, I figured that because... Why farm when I can just put need food right, 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 yeah. 2,000? <laughs> <laughs> I figure this would at least be tolerable for you because because, because, you know, because, the, because of the angel aspect. You're kept... You're kept you're kept busy controlling the angel the angel to fight out the demons for most of the stage until the very end in which the, the very end in which you found like you managed to see all the layers. I figured you, the action part of it would keep you busy enough that you busy enough that you'd be at least tar the tar the simulation part of this game fine. Yeah, so. and and I and I like the little aspects um, that I didn't expect to see like 
if you let the demons just come and do their thing, like you'll see your villagers literally getting picked up and taken away. Yeah. Which yeah. was hilarious. I was thinking like Wizard of Oz <laughs> and the winged monkeys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I it, it's little things like that that I was like, you know, like is this my type of game? Not not really. But that was a nice little touch there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It was enough to keep me already- engaged. Yeah, there's a running joke of this game that your angel, your angel like is a naked kid, but right, uh, right. he does look. Uh, but uh, you know, he does look pretty, like pretty uh, unclothed yeah. uh, in the graphics, I mean, for sure. But yeah, um, and, <laughs> and 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 to be fair, like I, you know, I don't know if we're gonna approach these like we usually do um, with the other podcasts, but um, mm-hmm. like for this being a early Super Nintendo release. Um, I thought the graphics were pretty solid. It um, is so impressive, like, from an early... Like, yeah. Like, like, some this of is... the earlier stuff that we've you covered, like, um, you know, yeah. that's one of the biggest complaints, is like, oh my god, like, the graphics are just kind of there, but, like, it's <laughs> not super yet, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, the music, I thought, was okay. Um, yeah. I don't... It wasn't fantastic, and it's not anything, like, I put it in my notes, that's nothing to write home about. It's cool. Really? It's cool that they got a full orchestra into that little cart. Don't get me wrong. That is impressive. But for me, like, those musical numbers didn't, you know, become like, uh, what do they call it? Earworms? Where, like, you know, like, you, you just get it stuck in your head and you want to hear it over and over again. It just oh, it didn't man. do that for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for me, it was forget like. I don't want to say forgettable, but it, th- that's the best way to explain it because it it just didn't grab me where I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to go find the soundtrack or I want to hear oh, other man. music that this composer's <laughs> done, something like that. It was just kind of, okay, it services the game and in the uh, aspects of the game, it's fantastic. And it I think it goes above and beyond for what it's intended. Um, I think they did a great job and it's very angelic. Um and yeah, I, I like I said, it, I don't think it's anything to write home about, but for what it is and for the presentation it brings, I think it's very good. Yeah, very hard to disagree there because I'm sure you've heard the music. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard this musicians. Um, uh, uh, um, this the musicians working on other games. Uh, this this game is scored by the famous like Yuzo. Takashiro, who also who also who also did the soundtracks for uh, the Street of Rage franchise, yeah. the Genesis, the Genesis, uh, the um, uh, like, like I said, the Wizard, like the NES, uh, some of the Yeez games, uh, and he also worked on like Shinobi Three soundtrack as well too, okay. among other games. So uh, he is one of my like, like favorite top five composers, period, because I really think his stuff is like great. Yeah, I um, mean, just street, uh, Streets of Rage One and Two, those soundtracks are fantastic. Um, it's actually one of the rare talents who was able to was able to do great work on more than one system. Right. Because a lot of composers they they did they they, 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 they they you know they just did one system because they, because that's what they have experience with. He's done great work on both the Super NES and Genesis games. Mm. So here's somebody who knows how to take the the best aspects of, uh, the best aspects of like each chip and wring the best yeah. music out of it possible. Because it's like I, I'm I, as you know I'm on the record of saying I don't think I, I don't think generally the Genesis sound chip is as good as the Super NES, but I do. I, I do think I do think there are some Genesis games with amazing soundtracks. Street to Rage, Street to Rage definitely has it. Yeah. So, um, but uh, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, this was um, this 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 was a game I loved to show off to friends when the system was like brand new because like this game Super Castlevania Four. 
both those games, uh, both those games were they were, they were, they were so mind blowing as far as like graphics and music went that I could just like the, you know that anybody came over, I would just like grab this game, slammed the uh, slammed this bad boy like the system, and be like here. Yeah. I'll take a look at this because you know because this really showed off the system so so well. The mode seven effects, like I like spin down yeah. like the world each yeah. time, was really mind blowing like the time period. So and just like you know like the uh, you know the full detailed lush graphics, um, like you know the great orchestra sounding soundtrack. So uh, there's really very little I could find fault with this game. With as you mentioned, Joe, the platforming is a bit rough. Uh, because your guy is very stiff, uh, he is hard to use sometimes. I thought so. You do have to get used to his style and his, his style and his method and whatnot. Later on in the game, once you learn, later on in the game, you also uh, once you learn, uh, you also you also can find magic magic scrolls to learn magic as you go through the game. And the magic spells do help you tremendously tremendously in gameplay. So I think that the later the later game is actually a bit easier because of that because your levels are higher and you also uh, um uh, you also have, then you also have, and you also have magic to help you out with so. Um, but but yeah. Anyway, so um, that's pretty much what I expected to hear from you. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not about the music. That, 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 yeah, I mean that surprised me. But yeah. The, but yeah, it's pretty much what I expected to hear. Um, uh, so Sean, what about you? Do you want to? Have, um, uh, 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 do you have anything you want to say about this game uh, as far as your own experiences, memories, or anything else you want to add on to it? Yeah, I, I would just like to say that I was. Uh... A little stunned, speechless by Joe saying that the soundtrack was nothing to write home about. Because like, yeah, I'm more uh, with Greg on this one. That Yuzo Koshiro, he, he's one of my favorites. I put him up there with like David Wise, who did Donkey Kong Country, and yeah. Hiroki Kikuta, who did Secret of Mana. Um, and I think he especially excels at opening level music that film or yes. act yeah. one music yes. is it goes hard right at the beginning <laughs> and and then i also really like the uh the blood pool music that's another favorite of mine that, that's my favorite too favorite piece yeah, yeah. So, um but. yeah and then let's see um yeah aside from the music you you mentioned that yeah he you're uh, in the side-scrolling stages, you do control a little stiff, and I don't really perceive that as a flaw myself. I just think it's something that you have to get used to. Um, yes. As far as any like real negatives I could say about the game is that the the simulation stages don't have any real consequence for failure in them. There's sure. no actual yeah. challenge. Like you, you might lose some of your people to do a monster attacks every now and then but you can always get them back there there's no game over in the simulation stages or anything like that it's just very much keep plugging away at it and eventually you'll finish it um but i do like how simple it is it makes it very accessible for people like me who don't play a lot of simulation games true yeah yeah, definitely for sure. So, uh, you know, this game, this game is unfortunately somewhat short. If they know what you're doing, like, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like an average, like average playthrough is probably anywhere from like eight to 10 hours, probably. So, I mean, it's not a particularly like long game. So, um, uh, but, uh, um, but Joe, did you figure out the earthquake trick? I did not. Uh, <laughs> uh, once you get the ability to, yes, yeah, so once you, 
once you get the ability to be able to do earthquakes, uh, but that's more of a later game skill once your character gets strong enough. Once you get the ability to do earthquakes, you may remember how the towns, their civilization progresses, progresses, progresses like up to, uh, uh, like up, to three, uh, up to three different levels. The towns get bigger, yeah. and each house looks different, and also looks different, 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 and also can and also can fit more people in them. So an easy way, to, so like an easy way to grow your to grow your town in the later game is just use earthquake to wipe out the entire town yeah. and force the town to rebuild over again, like start like like level three. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's a great trick. <laughs> um, and you can use emulators to definitely fast forward through the town, uh, um, uh, the town sim stages to make it faster these days uh, to help out to help out the to help out the amount of time sitting there waiting for your population to check off that one level to get that one more level that you right. want. So uh, there is that there's, there's that perk like like perk going for it also, but they uh, um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, and the translation for being early game is pretty good. There are a few, there are a few kind of nonsense words thrown in here, um, nonsense words, nonsense words thrown in like here and there, but I think for the most part, um, you know, the, the translation for the game is handled like pretty well. So, um, but, uh, uh, the European version of this game does include difficulties that uh, difficulty settings. Well, I, um, I, um, I keep saying European by uh, European. Sorry, uh, by default I want to say European. The power version of the game, I probably should say, doesn't include the option to be able to set easy, normal, or di- or, or, um, uh, or hard difficulty, difficulty levels. It's one of the it's one of the differences between that version of the game and the version of the game that came out in Japan and North America. Hmm. Um, you also you also are able to play the action modes right from the start. Immediately in that game, compared to the compared to the North American version of the game, we we can't access uh, the ad the, the action only playthrough until you like you finish the game first normally. So uh, when you finish the game normally, if you push down on the main menu twice, you'll see you, you know, the cursor the cursor will go down to the professional line, and if you select that, you're able to play all uh, like all twelve stages, sorry, thirteen stages of the game, uh, the action stages like back to back like a normal action game, cut out the simulation part uh, um, entirely. In North America, that version's not unlocked until you let you let you beat the game normally the first time. In, in Australia, you're able to you're you're able to access that you're able to access that like when the um uh like when the start. So I don't know, so I don't know why those changes change changes were made, but I have played the game before on Expert uh, on the Power ROM, and it, and it's harder, yeah, but it's not really like too bad. Um, I don't think the difficulty stages, the, the difficulty settings, settings change things too much. Overall, 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 I, I thought the difficulty in this game was like pretty well balanced. Uh, what did you think, Joe? Do you think the game was like too hard um, on to get the hang of it? No, like like I said, you know, like there's patterns that you have to learn, but once you get those patterns down, I didn't find it to be very difficult at all. But, um, and Sean, like, what do you think as far as like platforms go? Um, <clears throat> the, well, the magic, specifically magical stardust and to a, another degree, magical aura is kind of game breaking. Yeah, they are, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh. but I think, I, th- I think it balances out pretty well in the final level with the boss rush because you only have so many times that you can use your magic throughout it. So yeah, you kind of have to think about different. when you're going to use them. Right. And yeah, then, that bottom pretty hard. And then on the other hand, like if you find that too easy, there is the professional mode, which takes away your magic completely. So you're That's required yeah, to yeah. learn the boss patterns and hack away at them when you can and dodge them when they're attacking. So it, it kind of, I think overall, yeah, the game is pretty balanced when you take all the 
the modes into consideration and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the things to say about this game, uh, besides the graphics being like very, very good for an Earthship NES game, I thought they also did a great job of like enemy design, like also level design. There's a very wide variety of levels the levels you play in this yeah. game because you go from like you go from like swamped to desert, desert that go from, like a frozen tree. Um, you know, like really a really good mix of like landscapes and uh, landscapes, and it's also reflected very well in the, in the action ages. It actually just as well too. I thought like you know like a very nice mix of like both enemy design and also like an also, the, like, and also how the backgrounds look, uh, um, the backgrounds look like each area. Yeah, agreed. Um, the, the really, the, the, the really most annoying, the, the really most annoying part for me in this game, I thought, like I thought was, to, like I thought was toward the end of the game, uh, on uh, when you do that one section where you have like hop up on bubbles uh, to make your way up oh, to the top. Yeah. <laughs> that can be very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, it's very easy to lose your progress there and have to start yes, over. Yes, unfortunately, but uh, the game is, however, pretty generous of lives. I thought it's like you know, I really didn't have to continue like too too often this game. I thought so. Yeah, um, especially if you manage to find the uh, the extra lives in the simulation stages, which yes, are pretty yep, well yep. hidden. But if you can get them, they're a big help. Right. But yeah, so uh, overall, uh, overall, I. Uh, so overall, I think Razor holds it pretty well today. I think it's like a very fun, like a fun, engaging game. So it shows off the system like very well. I thought as far as like you know graphics, graphics, music, uh, playability. Uh, it's a very unique game because of the hybrid mix, hybrid mix, like the two aspects of the game. And I think it's still like a very fun game today. Uh, it was re- uh, the game was re-released uh, on the Virtual Console like for both like the Wii and Wii U. But unfortunately, with the release of the remake Renaissance. Uh, the game is no longer available uh, available online legally like anymore. That's that uh, unfortunately that that, unfortunate, that that's common with a lot of like mod- uh, games. Once once a modern remake of the game comes out, the original game gets delisted, so you can't find the original game like anymore. Unfortunately, so um, there is no legal way to play this game. Unfortunately, unless you still you know unless you still have like Sean does uh, a copy of, you know a Wii sitting around and a copy of the game still downloaded like ready to go. So, um, yeah. but the game does hold up pretty well today. Like today's story, I think, as far as like, um, as far as like you know, gameplay goes. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, it's if someone were to, to tell me like, give me a list of must-play Super Nintendo games, I, I would definitely put Act Razor on there. Like, oh yeah, even here. even yeah, if you yeah, yeah. end up not loving it, I think you should still play it just to see the experience of the the hybrid genre nature of it and just like how ahead of its time it was i guess yes yep i agree with all that yep. uh joe i think i heard you saying that you also thought this game like held up like pretty well yeah I, th- I think it held up pretty well like i said you know obviously you know it's light on the sim so it, it, i don't even like i know that's a big part of the game but also like it's not like it's only half the game <laughs> um mm, yeah. so i mean you you get used to both sides of it and uh i think the presentation works for the whole package, um, even though I feel like the music didn't really stick with me, um, it's still very good music for the game that's presented to you. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this would be definitely a game that I would suggest anyone who has a Super Nintendo or has um, emulation, whatever. Um, if you're in- interested in the Super Nintendo and the history of games on the Super Nintendo, this has to be one of the ones. Okay, yep, definitely. 
Uh, yeah, so I definitely agree with you. I don't think either part of the game by itself would have held up on its own, but the two aspects together certainly did make for like a very full, uh, um, uh, full complete uh, game package, like for sure. So, um, and having said that, I think it's a good segue to go into uh, to go into the sequel, Accurate Two, <laughs> because they decided. I've never, I've never found out exactly why Quintet made this decision. I can only make guesses. I'm curious to hear, Sean, that, that your guesses because you probably have some too. But uh, they decided with the sequel just to make the game, the sequel, action only. Uh, just like 100% uh, platformer, like no simulation, like the box is out, like, like probably with claims. So um, I'm guessing people probably reacted better to the action part of the action stage of the game in North America compared, uh, overall. And, and so, and so we excited to, to tweet the game that way. But I never found anything online with interviews or research or anything else like that, uh, like giving, giving me a clear, concise, this is why we did it this way, reason. But that's my guess. So, so. from what I heard, uh, by the way, today, 30, 30 years since this game has been released, um, yes. Yep. Yep. So, from what I heard, is basically the North American side of Enix basically said to them, "Hey, you know, it looks like people really enjoyed the side-scrolling stuff, but not so much the simulation stuff. Can you give us more of the side-scrolling stuff?" So they completely removed the sim stuff. <laughs> that that is also what I've read. I have no idea how much truth there is to it, but that's the yeah. only thing I could find. Yeah, and it, I right. mean, it makes sense, you know, like, obviously the first game sold pretty well because they were willing to fund and create a sequel, um, which, which we'll get into here in a bit, but, like, I mean, like, all three of us mentioned, like, the sim aspect of it wasn't something that was holding the game down, it's... it, it more or less added to the, the game play and made it more unique, so I, I understand why the decision might have been made, but I don't think that that was the right course of action. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, yes, yeah, so Agrazer Two came out in nineteen ninety three, as we mentioned. Um, this game actually got released almost simultaneously in both Japan and North America, which is very rare for a game mm. of this time period. Oh yeah. Uh, this came up. We came out of Japan on October 29th, and we just established they came out in North America on like November 10th. So for, for like for release to be that quick. In both regions, is very like very rare yeah. for that period. So, uh, and and like Europe got it like a full year later, like November uh, 1994. Um, most of the development team was still involved with this game, uh, like uh, um, uh, like same directors, same programmers, same composer, uh, composer doing music like this game too. Uh, so it's like the most of the most of the team was still carried over. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm. Uh, um, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, my memory sometimes can be kind of short. Uh, who wants to, who wants to, who wants to, who wants to, open the, who, who wants to actually open up this game discussion? For yeah, us? that that was me. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, so this game begins with the master battling Tenzra. Um, in this game, a backstory is given as to why Tenzra hates the master so vehemently. Vehemently, jeez. Uh, <laughs> That's hard. Right? <laughs> it's like symbiotic. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Tanzara, who was once the master's servant, led a rebellion against him, but lost and was banished from heaven. Ripped and torn, the slain body of Tanzara fell to the underworld, feeding on the intense hatred each held for the master. Tanzara's seven deadly sins and their minions combine their power to raise the spirit of their mighty leader, Tanzara. 
now vowing revenge for his defeat by the master, unleashing these demons upon the world. The player in this game assumes the role of the master, aided by his angelic associate known as Crystallis. Um, yeah, so this is kind of like, it's a prequel, but not a prequel? <laughs> Yeah, we're actually going to talk about that here in a little bit because I, because I was also talking with like Sean. Um, actually, yeah, they, actually, yeah. Second thought, we can do it now because Sean and I were actually talking about this a little bit, a little bit before. Um, it's never really said. It seems like the game's a sequel in many ways, but there's actually a very popular fan. There's actually a very, there's actually a very popular fan theory that argues the fact that they've argued for the fact that this game's actually a prequel to the events of Act Razor instead because it's like. Um, both because of the plot, as the way you just told it, Joe, right. and also because and also because in this game, uh, the statue, the statue, the statue, the statue that the, the statue that you take over as master to play the stages with, uh, has like has like a shield and wings. And in the game, you see that. Um, uh, and in the game, it talks about how time passes. People, time passes, and people forget about the master. You see the wings and the shield fall off mm. uh, to look like the statue that you play in the, that you play in the right. first game. So that's the evidence that they present as it being a prequel. I'm inclined to say, yeah, probably. I mean, like you know, I really don't think it matters too much, too much at the end if the game is a prequel versus a versus a sequel. But uh, it is a very interesting, like, but is it? But is it is a very interesting way to try to tie the two, to try to tie the two two games together. Yeah, I would also say it probably doesn't matter too much whether or not it's a sequel or a prequel. I do want to say one thing about the statue because I just recently replayed Act Razor 2 and mm. yeah, in the ending the wings and the shield fall off, but also his sword falls off and he's got a sword in Act Razor 1. So yeah. what what do the theorists have to say about that, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know. You're right. I mean it's not a perfect theory, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh, yeah, anyway, uh, sorry about that, Joe. So no, go ahead. you're good. Um, so, yeah, Act Razor 2, man. First off, like, again, I'm reading my notes verbatim. Like, wow, what an upgrade. <laughs> uh, graphically, this game's impressive, super impressive. Um, I was not expecting the jump in uh, graphic quality for the sequel i mean you know we've seen other sequels on the super nintendo that have looked prettier than the first one or whatever but um i i feel like the sprites are a lot more detailed in this one um might be slightly larger didn't quite you know get my measuring tape out but um <laughs> yeah this game's just beautiful um gold gone is the building part as we said as part of the first game this is a strict 2D side-scroller affair. Um, your character kind of moves slow, which uh, isn't great, because the enemies definitely move faster than you. Um, but like the first game, uh, Patience is the name of the game. Um, same as before, watch for patterns. Um, but this time you really can't take your time, because the enemies will drop on you from everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and you will die. A lot. You will. <laughs> <laughs> um, the double jump was a nice improvement. Um, I like the aspect of being able to have the shield now. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's like... it Because... It, this is going to sound like I'm hating on it, but I'm not. Um, like, 
the only motivation for me to move forward in this game was the fact that it was so gorgeous that I wanted to see what was after what I was already <laughs> looking at. And that was my motivation powering through this game. Um, right. I, I felt that, like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's just the way I, I was feeling, I don't know. But, like, I felt like hitboxes were a little wonky in this. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I was actually kind of frustrated a few times, because I was like, that dude should have died, but it is what it <laughs> is. Um, but, yeah, um, same thing as the first game, uh, the music works for the game again uh you know i wasn't inspired to go look for the soundtrack um i kind of feel a little stupid saying that now knowing who the composer is and everything else because <laughs> i love the street uh streets of rage soundtracks um uh, but it, it's it, it is what it is I, I didn't look up who did the soundtrack because the soundtrack for me just wasn't like anything that blew me away and maybe I'm just spoiled coming into the Super Nintendo as late as I have but um yeah uh, overall I mean it's the same feeling as the first one I think it's a decent game um you take your time learn the patterns get through it and um if you like the sim stuff I'm sorry um that's not here but the 2D side scrolling is and it's kind of janky but it's not horrible <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's a very good summary. Uh, Sean, why don't you go next? Uh, next, like, um, uh, what was your first? What was your first? What was your first experience playing this game? Playing this game, and what you think of it? So my first experience with this game was probably like many people's first experience with this game. This is too hard. I'm, I'm never going to beat this. Um, I, I feel like. Uh, Quintet kind of alienated a lot of the potential fan base for yes. two yeah. reasons. One, we've already discussed, they got rid of the sim aspect, and people who were fans of the original game probably were mostly like, well, where is it? Why isn't it in this one? Um, and then the second thing being, there is no difficulty curve in this game. It is a difficulty cliff. Yeah. <laughs> you... you and, and they actually give you the option to take on each pair of stages in any order you want, even though there's there, also, like, is a story yeah. to follow that, ha like, there's a recommended order. Um, but it really doesn't matter. It, you're going to get your butt kicked no matter which one you play first. You can and, change the difficulty level in this game, but I think even, like, the easiest difficulty setting is still a pretty, like, a pretty hard game. Yes. Uh, like, as a kid, I played it on easy, and I, I still... <laughs> could not really get very far into it. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm comparing this game to like other games that are notorious for their difficulty, like say Ninja Gaiden mm -hmm. and people mm -hmm. love Ninja Gaiden. Why is that? I still do. Yeah, because yeah. it starts out easy. I think most people can beat the first stage of Ninja Gaiden pretty easily Second stage, maybe not so much, but it has a starting point. Act, Act Razor 2 really does not. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. Like, if you play the first recommended level, like, the mini-boss does a lot of damage to you. So, But if you can get past him, you then have to make this pretty pixel-perfect jump across a swamp <laughs> to the other side of a, a hollow tree, if you miss that jump, you are gonna die. That swamp will kill you 
too quickly for you to get back to safety. And so the, the fact that the game's like demanding that you have the controls mastered right at the beginning, it's, it's a pretty tall ask of, of, of the player, I think. Now, nowadays, I do actually appreciate the challenge, um, but it took some time to get to the point where I did. Hmm, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely, I agree with all of that. Uh, I also think this game is, like, very difficult. Um, I, I want, uh, um, uh, so, I'm the one, so I'm the one who wanted to talk about, the, talk about this game in the podcast, uh, the podcast, because I'm like, I... I don't think I ever gave this game a fair shake, to be honest, because like you know, to be like Sean, when this game came out, I, I, I found out, I found out very quickly that I didn't have a simulation mode and was immediately turned off by it because I'm like, because I'm like, well, I love that part, you know, like why would I want to play this one? So, um, the, um, and you know, apparently, apparently I wasn't alone. Even though the game reviewed very well when it came out, but a lot of people were like, what is this? Why isn't there a simulation part of this? So I think that. You probably Enix just asked the wrong people for feedback on this game, maybe, perhaps, but because, um, I don't know, it's weird, but in any event, yeah, popular reaction to this game was not what they expected, and therefore the game did not do anywhere near as well as Razor did. Um, also, also by this point, Soapblazer had, had also been released as well, too, and even though Soapblazer is not a great game, I still think it's a, you know, I, I, I still like it, and, and, and this game's also missing that RPG aspect that Soapblazer had in it, had in it, too, so I think people can, so people were just kind of disappointed as, it, as it's being like Quintet's like third game overall, so uh, the main reason I want to play this podcast was because, because I'm like, I don't think I've ever given this game a fair shake. So let me go back and give it a fair shake. And now, and now I could say, uh, yeah, I like, yeah. Overall, I like this game. I, that, um, I think, I think honestly, I was too hard on this game uh, 30 years ago when it like, came out because I just immediately, I immediately dismissed it because we were lacking the simulation part and part of it can because like too difficult. But I think, I think if you actually give this game, uh, um, you know, uh, some time and effort, it's a pretty good platformer. I, it, it, uh, it's not, it's not a great game. I don't think it's not the best platformer in the system. But I think platforming this game is better is better than the platforming like an Activator One for sure. Um, and like Joe said, that the graphics are even better in this game than they are in the first game. Um, I agree with you, Joe. The music in this game, even though it is the same guy, I don't think that uh, I don't I, I don't think the music in this game is quite as good as, as the soundtrack and as the soundtrack like soundtrack like an Activator. Um, yeah. I, I, um, you know, it is still it is still a good soundtrack, but it's not the same like really <clears throat> really uplifting and great soundtrack the first game has so um, it's, it's darker and more somber yes which fits the which i admit fits the overall theme of the game very well too yeah. because this game is a much more somber sort of somber darker game to it i mean like the plot the plot of this game is definitely much more serious do you, you um most of the plots either told to you in the manual and or the and or the opening story or or the very last stage of the game. Uh, the, that, 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 last, that last stage of the game, by the way, is very is very powerful with its imagery because it's like you because like because like angels your angel assistants uh, talk to you and you see them like die in front of you and you also see like dead angels and chirps uh, laid around the ground uh, and the ground as you advance. It's very like it's very powerful imagery right there for sure. So. Um, I thought this game did that a whole like more dark and serious tone very well. Um, the plat the platforming, I agree about the controls being difficult. They do have to take some good used to. I agree about the hitboxes kind of being off. I do like the variety of the variety of options you have available to you. Like you actually, you, you, like you actually could raise your shield above you to protect you from projectiles coming down, which is a nice touch. Uh, and, and, and the double jump and also that, and also the whole like, uh, 
float down 45 degree angle sword attack moves, that was like very nice. So, um, the, the, the main bosses in this game also, by the way, are also like also like all named after and themed after one of the seven deadly sins, which is also like a very nice touch. So, uh, the over so like the first game, the overall stage design and monster creation of this game is very good, I thought. So, um, yeah, I think that. I kind of think I kind of think this game was kind of unfairly like unfairly attacked uh, for when it came when it came out like for uh, it came out for the wrong reasons because I think that if this game if this game come out by itself and I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this if this game come out if this game come out in a vacuum with a different with like a different name was it connected to all attackers or one I think this game um, I think this game would have gotten like better uh, better received uh, when it came out than it actually did. I, I will agree with that to an extent. Yeah, if it had if it had no ties to the Act Razor name, people might have responded better to it. I do also think though that it needed to have a difficulty curve for people to warm up to it more, rather than like here's all these hard stages. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you can't even access the last stage, Death Helm, unless playing the game on hard, which is really kick. So well, you, you can't access it on easy anyway. You can access yeah. it on normal. Oh, can you? Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, okay, I, yeah. When I played it recently, I, I played it on normal because I really wasn't in the mood to play it on hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, I played it. No, I played it on hard. Uh, I, I, I played on hard, like, played hard with this playthrough because I wanted to get the full experience of the game. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I might and, have to do that sometime. <laughs> well, I used, well I, well, I made heavy use of save states because it's just ah, okay. Because 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 like the first game, this game's this game this, this game's not available. It's not available on any current platform and or system. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, I really don't recommend playing it hard. I think normal's fine. Just like you know, just uh, um, uh, the game's hard enough hard enough as it yeah. is. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. I, I, um, so I think overall, so I think overall that maybe I probably should. You know, I probably shouldn't have been so hard in this game 30 years ago because I think this game is still a fine game. It just—it's not. You know, having played love the first game so much, it, it was a real letdown and a real disappointment to me over the. Uh, uh, you know, like those reasons I mentioned. I mentioned previously, so that's why I just said I think. I think somebody. I, I think Joe, you come in this game without that, without that, without a baggage. You were probably best positioned to get the best experience experience out of this game, and it sounds like you did. So, yeah. um, so. Um, because, because, uh, it, because, forgive me if I'm, if I'm mistaken, but it sounds like, but it sounds like you, it sounds like, it, it sounds like you enjoy the platform in this game better, than, uh, in this game better than, uh, better than the first game. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like you had a little bit more ability in this game, um, mm. sorry, mobility, there we go, in, in this <laughs> game than you did in the, in the first one, and obviously not having the sim stuff, you know, whatever, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I still think there should have been some sort of sim section in here, um, even if it was something where, like, they revamp it to where it's like, oh, well, now you just control the angel uh, shooting the demons, and you don't have to actually, you know, clear land and whatever else, like, your civilization just takes care of itself. Um, then, then I think that, you know, yeah, there would have been, you know, people who would have complained you know that it was you know very easy or whatever um in the sim mode but at least it would have been there and you know they could at least be like hey you know what like we didn't remove it but we did have to revamp it because north americans don't know how to play sims i don't know like <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Sean mentioned Accuracy 2 was made at the request of Enix America design 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 specification. So it's like, that's why I said it's like, it's weird because it's like, Enix is saying make this game with action only, but then the game didn't sell very well because it was action only. So it's like it's weird. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like I don't know what wires got crossed there, but some obvious, but but obviously some wires got crossed. So um, um, they were talking but, to the uh, wrong Sean, kids. Uh, That's what was going on. <laughs> I guess apparently, but <laughs> uh, but Sean. So uh, what do you think overall? Like overall, uh, overall uh, as this game as it's the first game. What are your like final thoughts on it? Uh, I don't think it's as good as the first game. Uh, I agree with I, that. Yeah. I, w- I would not put it on a list of must-play Super Nintendo games. But if you are looking for a challenge and you're ready and you're willing to get destroyed a little bit before you <laughs> get comfortable with the game, then it actually is pretty fun once you get into it. And uh, like Joe said, the graphics are a big improvement over the first one. Uh, soundtrack maybe not as good as the first one. Um, oh, and I, I did want to mention because uh, Greg, you talked about in the first game how Nintendo of America had to censor some things, and they they did that to, in this game to an extent as well with the Seven mm-hmm. Deadly Sins because they were they didn't want it to be too obvious of right. a biblical <laughs> reference there, so they they change the names of, of some of the bosses or, or move them around so that the the Seven Deadly Sins thing wasn't as obvious. I think Gluttony was the only one that actually remained the same. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. Like, they had Envy, but it was the, the Act 1 boss instead of the Act 2 boss, just to kind of disguise it a little bit. And then Greed was, like, moved over to a completely different part of the game um yeah so that that was something they were doing um uh that's oh yeah yeah controls wise like you definitely have more options in this game in combat like there's the the down thrust and the gliding and uh I, I do like how the magic is more balanced. It's not as broken as it was in the original Act Razor. True. And, yep, and you yep, have yep. access to all of your spells, like from the beginning, and it's just based on what you're what action you're doing at the time when you let go of the attack button after you hold it down to charge it up. So you can do like the the forward fire stream or the the lightning in midair or the the diving like phoenix attack that one's really good yes um oh yeah and i also wanted to mention the uh that there's a password in the game that allows you to fight tanzra from act razor one yes yep. that was pretty neat and he's a lot faster in act razor two than he <laughs> was in the first game so that he'll he'll beat you pretty badly at least a few times before you get the hang of it, even if you're used to fighting him in the first game. Right. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, so uh, this game... This game is often ranked included. Is often ranked included in, in, in people's like top 100 games like the system. It just is like ranked much lower that list. They compared to, like Act Razor One is so. Um, so it's like a lot of people. So a lot of people do. So like a lot of people do consider the, the do consider the, this to be a very good game by today's standards. I think probably the game's better thought of now than it was like 30 years ago actually because of the um, uh, because of because people like me have come to realize that despite this game being very different, there is still a very fun challenge. Gameplay here, so um, 
it is like it is like it is interesting to see like how time can color somebody's perspective on things for sure. Yeah, so, uh, like um, like both like good or bad. So, um, couple other couple other uh, 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 couple other like interesting tidbits to mention about this game. Uh, it, uh, it was actually published in it was, it was actually it was actually published published in Europe uh, by Ubisoft because. Uh, because Enix had no European branch at that time, mm. um, and as a matter of fact, Enix didn't last much longer in North America either. They shut down the North American branch of operations in, uh, 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 in 1994, circa, uh, because, because because their games hadn't done very well in North America uh, for one reason or another. Uh, and Enix and Enix did not return to publishing the, publishing their own games in North America until after the company had merged they had merged with Square to form Square Enix, uh, like about ten years later. So. Um, and also, uh, there was a remake of this game uh, planned way before the actual remake. Uh, the, the, uh, the actual remake did actually come out in 1996. Sega announced uh, that they would be publishing a Quintet developed remake of an accurate game, which would combine elements of both one and two like that remake. Yeah, so, I think I read about uh, that. Yeah, the, yeah, the game was planned for the Sega Saturn. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but halfway, but halfway, but halfway through development, Quintet, Quintet decided that the Activision series kind of, uh, the, the, the series, well, they said their research indicated the Activision series was out, was out modded, uh, and the game wouldn't do very well. I think Quintet saw the writing on the wall as far as the, as far as the Saturn went and was like, we need to, we need to find somebody who's out of this contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that could be. I mean, uh, imagine how different this podcast would be if it, if it had come out, because then uh, being the Sega kid and I, you know, put money into the Saturn instead of going for the PlayStation or, you know, upgrading to the Nintendo 64, like, that would have been a totally different uh, aspect, you know, for, I would have come, well, that I play, would have come right, through yeah. like a, like a hot, <laughs> literally a hybrid of a hybrid game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you um, know. So, so that actor is a remake that Quinto they did eventually come out at Soul Crisis, uh, by the way. So, um, the, like, so that game did eventually come out, just just a very different mm-hmm. form. And then to add more evidence, and then to add more evidence to the fact that I was saying, so I was saying before, how Actraiser how Actraiser was still relevant. Quinto did start coding a third game in the series, like the N sixty four. They didn't get very far. Uh, they didn't get very far, like the development they developed that game, play, but they canceled it also. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so there were two. It's like there were two failed attempts uh, to try to bring a new actor as a game uh, to more modern of the time uh, platforms, which was interesting. Um, also, Japanese has such like great names like their games. I think over there because uh, Actraiser Two in Japan was released as Actraiser Two, like Crusade to Silence, which is like a great name. So you know, I was you know, I always love how like evocative and powerful Japanese names the games are over there so, um, compared to what we usually get over here in the West. <laughs> um, but Actraiser has remained a, a fan favorite over the years, obviously. Um, and despite all those past attempts, apparently Square Enix decided that finally that there wasn't enough that there wasn't enough interest in the game still, for, and, and the game still for them to do a, a remake. And they went ahead and did a full remake of the game in, uh, in practically every in practically, practically every way, so shape, or, or sensor of the form uh, by releasing Actraiser Renaissance 2001 uh, for multiple consoles, like you know uh, Android, uh, Android, Apple, Switch, PS4, uh, and Windows. Not not Xbox, curiously enough. There are a lot of games that don't. There are a lot of games that, even though they're used to multiple multiple consoles, they get skipped in the Xbox for some reason. So uh, I always found that to be like very interesting, but it is what it is. So, uh, 
But anyway, yeah, so that game was developed in-house by Square Enix themselves. Um, so, um, anyway, so, uh, since you played this, uh, recently, re- recently, Sean, why don't you talk about the, the, uh, the game for us, like, open it up. All right, yeah, so, uh, I remember when this was announced, and I don't think anybody was expecting it, because... Nobody a- was. I, I had no knowledge of this game coming up, coming up period. period. As a matter of fact, I knew, as a matter of fact, I knew nothing about this game before it was actually released. And I thought it was trail for it, and I was like, yeah, same. Like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. It, okay. <laughs> Actraiser, like those of us who played it back in the day, remembered it fondly, but there had been nothing for many years. A long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since 1993, when Actraiser 2 came out. Mm. Um, so I think most of us were just expecting we'd never hear anything from it again, and it would just always be a a memory <laughs> to us. And mm-hmm. if we could play, if we hadn't the means to play the originals, then there was that. But we never get something like this. Um, yeah, so this game is... It's a, a pretty detailed remake of the original. Um, same basic story in that you're the master and you're trying to defeat Tanzra's demons and repopulate the world. And I do actually appreciate the fact that they... In, at least in the English version, they still use the names Master and Tanzra instead of renaming them to God and yep. Satan, just because, like, that's what I grew up with. So I, I like seeing that consistency rather, rather than going back to, like, the original Japanese. Um, they, they have expand, they expanded both the, action stage combat and they really expanded the simulation stages um as far as the action stages go and you can like you can now do combos damage numbers appear um there's even elemental weaknesses which is something i didn't even realize until like pretty far into the game like and, and if you cast like the fire spell then your weapon will actually be enchanted with fire for a limited amount of time so you can continue to do fire damage to enemies that are weak to it so that's kind of neat um they added a back step which uh considering how revamped the bosses are in renaissance you're, like you're gonna need to get the hang of that back step because if you don't use it they're they're gonna hurt you bad um there's uh enemies now drop crystals which if you collect enough of them they'll improve your your regular attack your magic attack and then if you get enough it also gives you a one-time auto resurrect for each stage per life so you can Every time you have to die and replay a boss or whatever, you'll you'll get that resurrect back, which is very helpful in some cases. Oh yeah. Um, the level layout is very similar to the original game. Um, there are MP scrolls hidden throughout the levels now, and rather than getting them in the simulation stages. Um, so if you want to be able to cast more spells, you better find those and. Uh, like magic in this game is pretty dang helpful because because uh, it's not as it's not as busted as it was in the original game, but it's still like it, it, you use it right on the bosses and you'll have a big advantage. Um, heck, heck, you even get a healing spell which the original game did not have, so that that was yes. super helpful. Yeah. 
Um, and then for, as far as the simulation is concerned, um, you're still guiding your people to each monster layer, but now instead of the people automatically sealing up the layer for you, you now have to enter a small action stage where you have to destroy these monster spawners and then, and then a big spawner appears and once you defeat that one the stage is clear it's it's very quick but i thought it was like a nice little addition to break up the simulation stages because they are yeah, much longer in in this game than they were in the original um levels are now determined by faith which you gain by completing quests that the people give you um so it's no longer directly tied to your population but some quests do require you to reach certain population levels so in a sense it's still like g increase your population to level up but only to only to a certain extent um and then one of the big things that they added to the simulation stages are the the heroes that appear in each area um they they all have like their own plot line and character development so i thought that was really cool um and, and in just in general the story is a lot more it's expanded a lot from the original game yes and and, and then there's also the siege battles where it, a um, tower defense, yeah. Yeah, it becomes a tower defense game. Yep. Uh, monsters come from various sides of the map and try to go toward your temple in the middle, and uh, you can use your heroes and also build forts around uh, to try to stop them as much as you can. Um, that part of it was not my favorite. Like, I didn't sign <laughs> on for a tower defense when I, <laughs> I when I started playing the game, but. I was still like kind of able to figure it out eventually. Like even if a, a particular siege battle was giving me trouble, it's like if you move your forts to the right places, because the enemies are always going to spawn in the same spots and they're always going to be the same types of enemies. So you'd be like, okay, there are, there are these flying magic resistant enemies coming from this spot. So I'm going to put a blockhouse here, which shoots arrows at them. And they, That'll that'll take them down real quick. Uh, so there, there's some trial and error there. Um, the angel moves and and attacks better than than in the original game. Like it's not a you can move diagonally for one, and your your arrows are now ha have some homing capability to them, and you can also charge them up to shoot three at a time. So you got more options there. Um, let's see, what am I forgetting? I think you pretty much like covered most of the gameplay, but the, so the gameplay, the gameplay aspects there, uh, graphics and music were also like, you know, like, um, uh, like a uh, vast expanded, of course. Um, yeah, st but uh, still by Yuzo Koshiro. So he's got, yeah, he's got his like, experience mm -hmm. with the soundtrack already. And so he, he knows how to make it sound modern. Yeah. It's awesome. They're able to like to hire him to, during the project because like you know because, because, half, because half the music in the game is like brand new music yeah so uh, yeah, they, add, mean, like, they add a lot of songs to it 
Yes, yep, yeah. So, yeah, so I know from many interviews with him that some of the music in this, so some, of the, so some of the music in this game was music the, the music that uh, Koshiro wanted to have in the original game, but there wasn't room for it in, like, in the cards of the, the cards time period. So he's used, like, his old notes to, like, you know, to make up to make up the new music to go of the games. That's, like, pretty cool, so. Um, and, and the graphics also, the graphics also, they still look 16-bit while still being, like, updated to more modern standards, like, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, they're very... Yes, sir. I, I yes, did sir. also want to comment on the uh, the character illustrations in this game. I think those were like the highlight yes. for yeah. me yeah. in terms of visuals because yeah. you yeah. didn't have anything like that in 1991 when the first no. game came out. <laughs> uh, the game's also about yeah. The game's also like a lot longer too. Not only because you have um, um, the, like not only not only because you have like the tower defense stuff adding on adding on length. But there's also the the the, the, agents, the agents themselves are also just also are also just longer. You also you also get a new additional uh, additional new land to explore after the after the original six after the original six stages are finished, which is finished, which which is a nice touch. So uh, the game definitely goes in directions that the previous game the previous game like did not do so, which is also like very nice. So. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you. That's a very great summary of the game overall. So yeah, um, and regarding the length, like the original Act Razor can be beaten in a few hours, like we mentioned before. Right. Uh, this game took me thirty hours to fully complete. So it's well, a, you it's also, a pretty. Well, you also played on hard for some reason. That's you're, true. You're, because you're left for yes. Even though I didn't play Act Razor <laughs> two on hard, I did. I did play this game on hard because I I was pretty confident in my abilities, but there were some parts that. Gave me some trouble for sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't blame. You. I think that normal because I'm like you know I don't want to like deal with this, but. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah. This is Renaissance is basically what the game would have what the game would have would have been if the developers had made the game now versus like 30 years ago because the, uh, because of course there's many many games that developers. Wish they could do more too, but they couldn't because of either because of time constraints or, 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 or limited limitations on technology or publisher demands or whatever. You know, they have the grand, the, the, any program we talk to has a grandiose idea for a game, but they have to like burrow down and like, uh, and, and release them, release a very crop version of it for one reason or another. Agri's Renaissance really is what the game would have, would have been had it come out in 2021 as opposed to like 1991, as far as like its size and scope for sure okay and i always want to see that you know like you know like you know but what if the developers could do now that they could not do back then what they would have done so renaissance i think is a great way of looking at that to see to see how the finished project like would like turned out so uh Joe, I know this game is not. Uh, I, I, I know this game is not going to be for. It's not going to be for you because simulation aspect of this game is already covered is way bigger than it was the first game. Uh, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the game. Uh, so, are you done with your thoughts? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh man. All right. So, I, it's going to sound like I'm totally attacking this game, uh, but re remember, I'm not nostalgic for it. Um, I'm coming mm -hmm. at this fresh eyes and you sure. know not really knowing much obviously i played the first two games before i tackled renaissance but um wow um pre-rendered graphics is probably not the decision i would have gone with i feel like this remaster looks dated before it even got out of the gate um 
Hmm. Now, keep in mind, I am playing the Switch version. Uh, no updates, so things might have changed. Uh, I just want to let everyone know that I was playing a day one copy of it that had no updates, no nothing. I don't think any patches for this game came out. Sean, do you remember seeing anything like about this game? Because I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I think you're fine, Joe. I, I, um, I don't think that Square Enix did release any updates okay. of this game. Uh, yeah, so, so um, I don't know. This feels like something that was created for like the PlayStation or Dreamcast era. And that's not a knock on the game. Like I like it. It's got some charm to it. But I don't know. The pre-render graphics kind of, for me just kind of killed it for me. Um, I agree, like, the sprites look pretty good, and I like the details that you see on the characters and stuff, but, like, I don't know, the backgrounds, like, some of the parallax scrolling going on um, just didn't really work for me. Like, it just felt clunky. Um, it definitely felt like it was stuttering a bit when I was playing, so those are all things I want That's to make probably- sure that I mentioned. Um, that that's definitely Switch because I there's this Switch for sure because I played the game on Steam and played it like no problems okay. with that at all. Yeah, I also played it on Steam <laughs> and I don't think yeah, I have any issues with that. The Switch, the Switch we all know chugs right, on some right. games, <laughs> so, so that's why I wanted to um, you know precursor that I was playing this on the Switch and let everyone know like yeah. my opinion is based on the Switch version. <laughs> sure. Um. So this is. It's the remake of the first one. So, same things kind of apply here. Uh, There's patterns that you need to learn. Um, Those bosses are killer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, the first level was pretty easy. Like, getting through that level was great. I was like, wow, okay, this is kind of breezy. I kind of like it. Um, That first boss that killed me 20 times in the first Act Razor game... Uh, killed me about 40 in this game. <laughs> uh, by by the time I learned his pattern and everything else, I was doing the downward thrust as he was, like, galloping by. Um, I was basically running in, like, slashing the hell out of him. And then when I'd see, like, the lightning start to build, I would back up and, you know, let him do his thing and then go back to jumping and slashing. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I I felt like this was really unbalanced um, because I beat the next two bosses no issue at all. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know, like, what happened, but, like, that first boss was a uh, major pain. But, yeah, the first, the next two were fine. Um, had no issues. Um, sim mode was the biggest change that I noticed. Um, there is a lot of text Oh my god. Um so <laughs> little inside baseball. I am currently going through the Final Fantasy series. Started with Final Fantasy 1. I'm currently on Final Fantasy 4. Um I'm pretty burnt out on RPGs and reading. So this did not come at a good time. <laughs> uh on top of that, for Fair. the Radical Retro Roundup, uh George has me playing uh Final Fantasy Tactics for the Game Boy Advance. So, oh again, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, not only was I not playing uh, something I, I was, you know, familiar with and do very well with here, but I'm also doing that for the other podcasts as well. Uh, 
<laughs> so, needless to say, okay, uh, all the added text, yes, it expands the story. That is great for uh, you and, you know, Sean and Greg. Uh, that was not great for me. Um, <laughs> I skipped a lot of it. <laughs> um, and And you know what? Like, I get it. Like, I like the streamline to where, like, you know, you can charge up your arrows as the angel. That was nice. Um, You're right, Sean. Like, it feels like they're kind of, like, homing arrows. Like, you kind of just got to get in the general area. So, that aspect of it um, was nice. I do like that now you have to go into the demon layers and you have to resolve the problem yourself, not relying on your population. Another cool aspect. Why did they add a tower defense game? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you so, and I are in agreement there. <laughs> the, all right, so and and I, I I'm pretty sure most people are going to feel the same way. But when I think of tower defense games, I think of my little mobile games that occupy my time when I'm absolutely bored at work and like I just need something to kind of kill some brain cells and some time. Um, I do not like tower defense games. So the fact that I had to play, uh, the tower defense mode, um, five times in just the five first times. level. It's excessive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you're, oh my God, every, it was, I, I really felt like every few minutes, like you were getting notifications saying, oh, your people want to talk to you or you're, you know, they're requesting this. And, and I was just like, why does that have to be ramped up? Like I get like, and I know why, because they thought that expanding the sim was going to be able to bring in those old fans and, and they were trying to do fan service. I know what they were trying to do. It just didn't come across very well. Um, but yeah, the, the tower defense thing killed me. Um, I do like that you direct the protector and that every town has a protector. Um, so that's kind of nice. And, uh, you know, like Sean said, like you can figure out the pat the patterns and if you end up dying or, you know, not beating that particular tower defense, you, you make a mental note like, Oh, okay. Flying things come from over here, set up the archer, you know, and do your thing. Um, I and that's the other thing too. I feel like the tower defense part of it just crawled. Like there wasn't a way to really speed it up. I felt like the monsters moved way too slow. Um, so it was. I get it. Like they're trying to pad it out. They're trying to add to that simulation aspect um, and give people a reason to be buying the remake at thirty dollars. I, I completely understand the all the reasons why they did it. it. It just did not come across very well. Um, yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, you know, you're not the only one to say that. You know, I like the tower defense part, but I also, uh, you know, I also agree with you that it's probably the biggest part yeah. of the game. And but, I, you know, and um, what also was disappointing, and again, this is probably a switch issue. Um, but even in sim mode, like there was some, like some stuttering and like some like uh, oh man, it was. If if anybody's thinking about getting this on the Switch, don't. <laughs> That's the one thing I could take That's away what I'm from to this. Buy. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I buy it on the Switch. As ultimately, possible, that reason, and so. in all <laughs> honesty, 
Um, I think the music in this game is fantastic. <laughs> Um, and obviously, you know, modern technology, CD quality that you can, you know, have attached to the game. Now I expected it to be even bigger and more fantastic. And it was nice to hear some of the familiar tunes, um, and whatnot revamped and reworked. And, but ultimately for me, this remake fell flat and I'd rather play the original. Yeah, again, you're not alone saying that. I mean, like, you know, as great as it, um, so as great as Renaissance is, I think it's like a great game. Um, um, and I think Renaissance does stand fine on its own. Uh, like Sean said, the the main the main appeal of the game is going to be toward fans, uh, fans who grew up with the original games. And like you know, I think, and like you know, and, and I, like some fans have definitely said, you know, I think Renaissance is too complex. Uh, uh, complex to me, I, I'd rather stick with the original yeah. game. That's fair. That's fine. You know, like you know, I, I um, you you. you you know, I understand that. I think Renaissance gives me everything I was looking for to remake. Um, so I think overall the remake's excellent. I definitely, I definitely understand and would not fault anybody who says they, like says they prefer the, um, says they prefer the original game. So um, I knew you'd be hard on this show, both because you didn't have nostalgia and also because the simulation aspects of this game were like way cranked up by yeah. factor ten. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that, but I am surprised to hear about the Switch issues because it's like it's like because the game's not really that demanding. I didn't think, but I guess. But I guess that's what you well, did. Like so. I said, that's okay. why I said it was a, you know, the game itself, no updates. So I don't know, like, if they had released updates for the Switch. I don't you know think what I so. Mean? Yeah. I, 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 I don't, so. Yeah. So, but. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, most, most of the music remixes of this game I love. I think that, you know, like, Yuzo did a great job with the remixes. Um, I think I prefer. Um, you know, I know I mentioned this to Sean previously. I think I prefer the original Blood Pool music compared to the mm. remix here. But I think, but uh, 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 but I think beyond that, most remixes here sounded better, and you know, I enjoy them even more than the original game did. So, um, and I'm like, yeah, uh, the price point thirty dollars was a bit steep. I, I know folks complained complained about that when the game came out to came out to get that price point. But but I'm also like, well, it's a full remake. It's like you know, you're not getting like a remaster of the game here. It's like it's like. It's like this literally is a new product from the ground up, practically. So I think thirty dollars was a thirty dollars like a fair price point to charge for it. Um, and the game does go on sale occasionally, uh, uh, occasionally, occasionally here and there. When I bought the game for Sean, for example, it was on sale. So um, if you're patient, you, you definitely can snag the game for cheaper price. Yeah, and like I mentioned but, the, when we first started talking about this game, this it took me thirty hours to complete it. So wow. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I I think thirty dollars is fair for that. I've played much shorter games that cost more. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that. So, so. but uh, yeah. So yeah. So um, yeah. So overall, um, overall, I think Renaissance was a very pleasant surprise when it came out, and I think overall the game, you know, the game does very well. It's like you know, I think that. Um, I think Joe's reaction to the game is totally fair, with, like the reasons, the, the reason, the reason that I said, um, I, you know, but I think that anybody, you know, anybody, anybody who does enjoy the original game, definitely check out, definitely check out, check, check, check out Renaissance. Um, if you're, um, you know, even if you haven't, I think if you're, you know, I think if you're a fan of either platformers or simulations, there's enough, there's enough being offered in Renaissance to make the game, uh, you know, make the game fun for you regardless. But, um, but, uh, yeah, so I think, yes, yeah, so I think Renaissance did what it was trying to do in the first place pretty well overall, I thought. So I was very happy to buy it and play it for sure. So, 
Um, it doesn't replace the original game. I think the original game still has, um, you know, I think the original game still has, I think the original game still has its own charm and uh, charm and style to it that the, the you know the new game can't can't reproduce. But I think for what it is, Renaissance is a very nice updated uh, um, uh, update deck raiser like the 21st century for sure. So, um, but anyway, um, so. Um, those, those are the actors of franchise, the, the actors of games. It's like, it's possible Square Enix might see how well, how well Renaissance did and possibly make a new game in the franchise. I wouldn't say it's possible. I, I, um, I haven't heard anything about it, but, you know, I think that the fact that the fact that this game suddenly, the, the fact that this game suddenly, suddenly got made when there hadn't been anything made in the franchise for like, for like 20 plus years is definitely something because, because I said before in this podcast many times, Joe, uh, as you may remember, you're like, you're like, you never give up hope as far as the franchise goes because like, you know, you made the game, you made, you made the game come out of the blue like 10, 20, 30 years later, uh, for, for, for um, something that you always assume is like dead and buried, so. Um, I'm not gonna say the franchise is dead at this point. You know, like I said, the game sold very well. They're, they're very, um, you know, it's very, um, it's very possible. Maybe, maybe they might do a remake of Actraiser too. You know, that'd be interesting to see. So, you know, um, I play that for sure. But, you know, I, I, I'd be very curious to see if, if anything else does come out uh, in this franchise. Uh, you know, like the future. I mean, I would actually like to see what the them actually create what their original idea for Actraiser two was. Instead of doing a remake, oh, version? you know what I mean? Like them actually yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Okay, well, here's the sim. This is what we were planning on doing to expand the simulation and stuff like that." Unless mm. it's tower yeah, defense yeah, games right. again, then forget that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, definitely. So, um, okay. End of the podcast. This is where you should talk about, like, you know, like cheat codes, uh, cheat codes, tricks, that kind of stuff. Uh, Find out the eBay pricing if you're curious to. Um, if you're curious about how much this game like usually goes for these days, uh, Act Razor, uh, not really too much in that game for secrets. We already mentioned, so we already mentioned how to access the like, professional mode. You have to, um, uh, uh, you have to like beat the game first. Um, you know, um, there are uh, there are some hidden lives you can find. You can find simulation simulations to stages of the game if you let me know what to do. Usually, it involves just like you know using X power at Y spot uh, in the stage to find those. Um, Act Razor 2, as Sean mentioned, there are various passwords available. One of the, one of the passwords does allow you to go, like, you go right to the, uh, uh, the improved version, the, the improved version, like a Tensra. Uh, you can also, there's also a password, a password, a password that allows you to play the demo level. Uh, and you can also see a cutscene with the credits as well by, by, by doing it, by, um, you know, by doing, like, another, um, you know, another, um, uh, 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 the, uh, another, like, you know, path, uh, password as well, too. So... Um, and they, uh, there are, uh, uh, and there are also, uh, Sean, uh, uh, um, I'm curious if you found these. Uh, I didn't actually, I actually didn't, I actually didn't know about this until after I finished, finished Renaissance. Um, there are, just, just like an act raiser, two of the, two, um, uh, there are two, uh, hero scrolls, um, you know, that are found in secret locations in Renaissance. Uh, you can find the Alonzo scroll, uh, by using... But by using by using a certain a certain magic uh, like the pyramid and the, like like the Daniel scroll by using a certain magic uh, the, the certain spot in blood pool, so mm. it is kind of cool that they carry some same Easter eggs. I mean, I, I completed every quest in the game, so I I, I guess maybe I got those if they are yeah. considered quests. They're not. They're, they're not. These they're are like pure Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you got the, the the game. The game. The game doesn't tell you at all. It, it always are. You just have to like find them yourself. Yeah, I'm not sure if I found those then. 
I didn't. <laughs> uh, I, didn't I don't even think I need to say uh, I didn't. You know, you you find out scrolls by using a certain magic in a certain spot, basically. So you know, the game doesn't tell you. The game doesn't give you. The game doesn't give you like a hints about that. Okay. So, um, but it but it's cool to have that same. Um, you know, but it's cool to have the but it's cool to have those Easter eggs carried over. So that's a nice touch. So. Um, Actraiser sold very well when it came out, obviously. So, um, there are of, so like looking for a copy on eBay, um, no problem. There's plenty of copies to find. At the time of doing research on this, there were 100, there were 103 copies of the game currently being listed. 100, 154 copies of the game like the, 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 of the game that recently sold. Uh, these prices, these prices really include shipping. Uh, probably because the game is so popular and because it's not available for sale uh, anymore, uh, cart prices have held up pretty well. I thought, you know, this is actually this is actually a more pricier Super NES game because of its popularity. I thought uh, price there's so copies of the cart only so anywhere from like twenty five to twenty five to six dollars. Hmm. Uh, uh, if you want, um, if you want a CIB copy of the game, CIB meaning complete box. That is, you know, that is like you know like ma- um, a manual. Uh, and sometimes the map, there, there also was a very cool uh, poster which came with the Gerudo game, Gerudo game, which I remember hanging hanging on my wall as a kid. It's like uh, there, there's a map on one side, and also like you know like a, a neat a, a neat drawing montage of the bosses of the game of the, by, on like another side. So uh, some 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 CIB copies include the include the poster copies. Those those more tend to the higher prices. Anyway, CIB copies of the game sold anywhere from 110 to 110 to 210 dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some sealed copies. Of, there are some sealed copies of the game that the, 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 the game sold also anywhere from like 277 dollars all the way up to like 1,065 dollars, like the more graded, like the graded professional copies. Which you which are you which are which are like my thoughts about that. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So. Twenty five dollars for this game is still they still pretty pricey for Super NES games. So I think the get so I think the fact I think the values hold up the values have stayed high because this game is like so popular for people these days. So um, curiously, Actraiser Two is Actraiser Two is being sold for almost as much, uh, even though the game's uh, um, uh, even though the game's not even though the game's not is is not is, is not as common to find. Sixty two copies of the game were listed on eBay for forty nine copies recently sold. Again, the prices probably are higher for this game too, both because it's both because people consider it to be more of a more more popular game these days, and also because of the fact that um, you know you know simply the supply the supply of this game is not as plentiful as the first game is. Back with backers are two copies of the game. The, the copies of the card only sold from twenty six to forty eight dollars, sorry forty nine dollars, and see how big copies of the game sold from like hundred twelve to three dollars. So very similar pricing factors to like the first game. So. Um, I so I think $25, $25 like the card for, for, for like the card for, for, for the card for both games like it's, like it's worth I think personally because I think because I think both games used to hold up pretty well today but you know um, but just be prepared it is you know it, it is like, it is more more expensive than the usual Super NES game for sure. I was actually a little surprised that the uh, complete in box price for the first Act Razor wasn't higher because usually if it comes with like a map or something special that most games don't have, like the the price goes up more for that. At least mm. in terms of the ones I've seen in the past, like Earthbound in box with mm, its yeah. player's guide, that that usually fetches a pretty penny. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think um, I, um, I, I think the main reason for that, um, so I think the main reason for that is because of the popularity of the game and how many copies were made of the game, um, which um, so you know. I, so I think it's the reason. All also, right. 
while it's a nice poster, it's not critical for gameplay like in any way. So you know, like you know, like you like, like compared that like your know, player's guy for Earthbound, which is absolutely critical to play the game with. Because believe me, I tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used it back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, thank God that game's com- Yeah, thank God that game's a commonly available these days because whew, uh, those prices are still. Uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, those prices are still like sky high for sure. But. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, and as, you know, as we mentioned, Renaissance Renaissance sells for thirty dollars um, uh, uh, by default, but you can't find the game for sale like for sale for the, like for sale for the, like for sale for um you wait for like a, a sale or whatnot. Um, unless you're you know you know you know unless you want to buy a Switch copy because Switch copies never seem to go on sale for whatever reason. So, <laughs> but but uh, but anyway, yeah. So um, yeah, this was this was a lot of fun revisiting this franchise. Like you know, like I said before, Act Razor is still one of my favorite games of all time. You know, this is still a game. You know, you, you know, this is a game I still adore to this day because of its graphics and graphics, and music, and gameplay, like and gameplay, like and whatever. Um, if you haven't, uh, there is, um, you know, uh, there, uh, uh, there is, there is, there is, there is an, there is an orchestrated version uh, of the Act Razor music uh, done by. Uh, done by Postgre Orchestra, like in Japan, it's very popular in Japan for them to take like popular video game soundtracks and, and, and actually have an orchestra, an orchestra play them. So uh, the orchestra, the orchestra version of the, of, the, of the soundtrack like sounds amazing as well too. So if you haven't already checked that out on YouTube, I definitely recommend it because it's definitely like you know a listening treat. Nice, but um, but anyway, yeah. So um, uh, thank you again, Sean, for joining us on this podcast. Um, I mean, it was a pleasure. You know, um, it, was a, it was a pleasure having you here, and also a pleasure having you having you on my side for a, <laughs> like, like, like Proact Razor to help to have to have to have to offset Joe here. But um, you know, like I kid Joe, but um, you know, you know, uh, it was also it was also great hearing your perspectives, your perspectives on the game. Uh, um, you know, from first time person doing it, which is why we, you know, we, you know, which is why I wanted to include the first yeah. game uh, along with the sequel, uh, the sequel because you hadn't played play the game, so. Uh, you know, so thank you again, as always, for being willing to for, for, for really check out new games and for your perspective. What I'm here for. Is, uh, fresh. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, you can find our podcast on uh, like online. Uh, we also we also have a, a Facebook page. We can also give us questions, comments, suggestions, whatever. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Sean. So, uh, do you have any uh, projects, uh, projects, uh, things, or things or anything that we're anything to look? Um, anything to care to plug at this time? Um, I think the only thing I'll mention, um, since we're we've been talking about music a lot in this podcast, um, I have a quiz, a, a music quiz, a video game music quiz on the website Sporkle. It's uh, if you search for the 100 song video game music gauntlet, you should find it. There's a hundred songs, and uh, it, they they can be from like any era of gaming and it, it's a pretty difficult quiz i would say like if you get 30 of the of out of 100 right like that's a really good score if you ask me um but i i bring it up because act razor is on the quiz so there's your first <laughs> hint if you decide to take it of course yeah <laughs> but yeah that's cool i i did that um, I didn't know about that, so thanks. I'll definitely have to check that out for sure. So, um, and Joe, where can they find you at? You can find me on the internet. Uh, you can just <laughs> Google me; you'll find me. Um, I also have a very public uh, and not family-friendly Facebook, and <laughs> then I have um, a not-so-family-friendly podcast, the Radical Retro Roundup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right. you Google any of that stuff, you'll find it. I, it's available on everything that has podcasts. So awesome. Okay. 
So we usually would mention here at this point what our next episode is going to be. Um, I don't want to say that at this point because while we do have another episode lined up with another like, guest host, we still need to confirm with said guest host. So I don't want to jinx anything by saying anything and not have it uh, and not have actually happen next. So I'll just say. Uh, with any luck, hopefully, we will have another episode, a special episode coming up for you guys next time with the live guest host. And if not next time, then soon after that. So, uh, let's stay tuned. I, I can guarantee it'll be a, another episode. So, we can at least we can confirm <laughs> yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There will be there will be 223. We just don't, like, we, so we don't know exactly which game is going to be on there at this point yet. So, um, But speaking of games, let me ask you guys one last question to wrap things up here. Um uh, Sean, I'm curious to, uh, um, so, like, so I'm curious to, like, 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 curious to hear, because I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear it directly, um, because I'm curious. Uh, out of, so out of the reactivator games, we're talking about the reactivator games that cover this podcast, um, how would you rank them personally? Uh, ActRaiser 1 is my favorite. I mean, that was a formative childhood game for me. Mm-hmm. So okay. even if it wasn't great on its own, the nostalgia alone is, that. that's the... That's what puts it at number one for me. Um, I, I've recently played both Renaissance and Act Razor Two, and while I, th- I think, I, th- I guess I got to put Act, I got to put Renaissance at number two because I think it's a more, it, it's a more a better put together game in terms of, like not alienating the players like like act razor 2 did for for the reasons we described earlier mm-hmm. um and even though i didn't love everything about it i i do think it's a nice uh fresh look at the original game and it's definitely worth a a try for anyone who was a fan of the original so yeah i put that at number two and then act razor 2 at number three not not because i hate it I, even though maybe I would have said that back when I first played the game, but uh, <laughs> I I do think if you're willing to plug away at it and lose over and over again and eventually get used to how it works, you, there's there's enjoyment to find there in the challenge. Yep, I agree with you 100% uh, as far as like, the comments we're making go. So, Joe, how about you? Uh, I'm with Sean on this one. It's uh, the first game and then the remake and then uh, finally, Actraiser Two. Um, Gameplay-wise, I mean, it, it all makes sense. Um, obviously, if we were doing graphically, I would totally put the second one first, um, just because I think that game's gorgeous. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But um, yeah, gameplay-wise, I completely agree with Sean. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, awesome. Well. Uh, well, again, Sean, thank you very much for taking time. To have, um, I, I um, at your busy day. Of- like whatnot to join us here on the Zombies Podcast. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. We'd love, we'd love to have you back in the future at some point to talk about another Super NES game. It's your favorite of yours. Um, assuming we haven't already covered it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. As long as it's not a sim <laughs> game. <laughs> well, yeah, you probably won't get me to be here for any other sim games, just Act Razor. <laughs> there weren't that many other sim games, sim games, sim games like the system, but the system, because it's because only like a handful, yeah. really. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you have like... 
You have a Simurf, a Simurf, SimCity, Simant. I can't wait till we cover Simant. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not Simant. Uh, 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 Simurf, Simurf, let's think about like SimCity, SimCity 2000, Simurf all came out in the system, and I think that's and I think that's it as far as the, um, as far as as far as SimCity goes. There are there there, there were there were a couple others. There were there were a couple other Sim uh, Sim games in the system, but the system the system, the system didn't have a lot of those. So I, so I so they, uh, so I think you're up the hook, okay. Joe. So. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, and Joe, as always, uh, you know, appreciate you joining us. Uh, yeah, joining I mean, this, you know, so. I signed up um, for this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyway, uh, again, thank you. Again, thank you very much for listeners out there for listening to the podcast. As always, I appreciate it. We'll catch you again next time. Uh, stay safe, be well, everybody, and uh, see you again soon. Uh, thanks all. Later. Bye. Bye. Nintendo controls eighty percent of the video market, but no matter how you play the game or which game you play. Things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep power.